0: Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Mariko, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now.
1: Welcome to I Work For Him, the mouthpiece of the faith and work movement. We're your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg.
2: Listeners, thanks so much for joining us today. We're excited for the show ahead, and I just want to remind you that you can always share our shows by going to our YouTube channel and sharing the video or sharing the podcast from your favorite podcast platform. Just look for I Work For Him.
1: Before our guest surrendered his life to God, his marriage was a ticking time bomb, only salvageable by divine intervention. His business was his idol, and he felt immense pressure to run Others over with his business. He was a walking ball of fear which manifested itself in uncontrolled anger. But Christ changed all that, granting our guest, Peter Demas, the Peace he had not realized was even possible. Dedicating his life and his business to God didn't take away all of his problems, however. Running the family business, the Demos brands, was incredibly Dimas Brands, excuse me, was incredibly challenging and was the source of some of his biggest business failures. But God used those failures to draw Peter to himself and make Peter more like him. Learning to trust God to lead him through all turned out those difficulties into growth and a blessing in Peter's life. And he writes all about it in his book, Afraid to Trust. Peter Demas, welcome to I Work For Him.
3: I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on.
1: Yeah, we're excited to have you on, and we're excited to hear the story. Uh, Before we actually get into talking about all Demos brands and it, it, i keep saying it, it's not Demos, it's D- Demos brands
3: right i'm gonna say you it can right pronounce it any way you want no to, no it, as, it's your last as, name. as long as you use our business i don't care i mean okay. you know you can, as long as you spend money come to the restaurants we're good however you <laughs> next call it.
1: time we're through murfreesboro tennessee we will definitely do that all right you've just finished your book afraid to trust why don't you tell us the road that led you to be a follower of jesus and and, and led you to write in that book
3: so two two separate pieces to it actually because the first the first piece was i grew up in a in a christian home we went to church every sunday i was uh required to go to sunday school uh yeah we uh we we went to multiple churches uh uh kind of growing up for various reasons there'd be a church split and and then there would be some some issue there and so uh, but anyway, I went to Christian elementary schools. My, the high school I went to, although it was not a Christian, it had—we uh, did devotionals every day, um, and, and through that process, I learned one thing, which was I didn't care for Christians very much, um, hmm. because it was the the, the the people who said things in the name of Christ were not the best and nicest people, and as a result— I slowly became very antagonistic toward them. So, you know, the kid beat me up, claimed he was a Christian, so therefore all Christians had to be bad. Mm -hmm. And therefore I started, you know, sort of using it to, to, you know, uh, a stereotype, a group that, that was unfair and not founded, but that's kind of where it was. And so throughout, you know, then I go to college and, you know, liberal arts program is really awesome at, you know, getting you closer to God. You know, uh, you know so. Uh, at you know, which they, liberal arts college would that be? <laughs> yeah, no, I went to, I went, I started, well, I started in Memphis State and um, uh, some really bad decisions in my life. I ended up going to middle tennis, uh, uh, M- MTSU. Um, and so. Uh, and so from that, you know, I, I even grew even more antagonistic. And I mean, to tell you how bad I was, I, I read the Scopes Monkey trials. I read the transcripts of it in order to use the questions that Clarence Darrow asked William Jennings Bryant in order to aggravate other Christians. Um, and I would just argue with them and pester them and and try to try to uh, trip them up in every possible way. Uh, eventually, uh, Eventually, just kind of settled in the idea that, you know, God's an absentee landlord. And that's kind of where I was going to leave it at, you know. He was up there. I'm down here. As long as long as you pay your bill every now and then, your pipes burst. You call him and complain. But other than that, we have we. As long as he leaves me alone, I leave him alone. We'll, we'll be okay. And that was kind of my 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 what I ended up resulting my uh, my, my theology on. I bet best way. Ultimately, I ended up marrying um, a woman who had seven Southern Baptist preachers in her family. Um, and um, and we would uh, we we got married. We got engaged three and a half months after we met we were married less than a year after we met um and so you know so and and that was one of those things we just kind of agreed to disagree on and not really talk much about Hmm. and um but eventually and so we tried multiple churches especially after we had kids because i'm like well it's part of my responsibility to take them to church even though i don't agree with it i can still take them and um, eventually, she found a church that, that she really liked, and my kids liked. And I thought, well, that's really weird because you're not supposed to like church as a kid. I didn't, you know, it was really odd for me to, to see this. And um, um, eventually, she got me to go and uh, on more than one occasion, and then I would go to hear things. And after a while, they, they, ha- they would have some guest speakers, and one of them happened to be Angus Buchan, who's a South African evangelist. Uh, there's a movie, Faith Like Potatoes, which oh, yes. is about oh, this story. Oh, good one. And he came, and, um, and and through a series of through a series of of, of God's co- comedy of events um, that, that only he could, could 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 orchestrate, it led to two fights with me and my wife, and ultimately ended up with me sitting around a group of people that travel all over the world just to pray for Angus. And um, uh, Angus sent an altar call, and I went up. And um, I mean, it was. Um, uh, for most people that would be an awesome experience for me that was like oh my goodness like what happened I must be getting conned like I really thought there was something really wrong here that that that, that I could do something that that was it wasn't like I was forced against my will but I was so compelled I didn't understand it hmm. so and then through other other pieces I ended up in front of Angus the next day at a meet and greet and Angus asked the question he said if you're willing to, to die for your country why are you afraid to speak out for God and no one ever said that I was afraid before. And so the, the next three days I happened to go to Memphis for, for a board meeting for the Hospitality Association. And I slept for four hours. And, and uh, just wrestling with God and fighting with them. And ultimately I was I was taking a shower the next day and uh, before I had to leave and I was just tired of, of everything. And I just finally just screamed out and said, God, you win. I'm turning everything over to you. And instantly Every fear, insecurity, everything just kind of lifted up. And when I say lifted up and out, it literally was a trajectory like an arc that came in and out and, and lifted up and away. All of it just went away. I fell in the shower, bawling, crying. And that's when I realized I have to now make it put in practice of turning everything over to him. And that's where that's where the whole thing started. Uh, the book came along after I started speaking to different groups and started experiencing failures in in other parts of my life, in the business side of my life, and and um, and other pieces. As I saw God strip away things that I had leaned on, and realized as I was telling these stories and and to, to people that people were like, "Hey, you need to write this down." Oh, so and so needs to have it. And so that's when it kind of started the, you know, hey, maybe I should try to write a book about this. When we
1: come back, we're going to hear about that book, Afraid to Trust. You can go online to get a copy, afraidtotrust.com, afraidtotrust.com. We're talking with Peter Demas, and we'll be right back. Hats off to Mrs. Connie Johnson, my eighth grade English grammar teacher. She taught me how to write sentences so that I could one day write a blog. In fact, every week I write a blog from what my father has laid on my heart. It's always short and to the point, and I hope impactful for you, just like it is impactful for me. We include it in our weekly email that also includes all the shows that we release on podcast that week. So it's kind of like a bonus email, blog and podcast links. Awesome. iworkforhim.com. Click on blog. Hey, we're back with Peter Demas and he's written this book, Afraid to Trust. It's, well, Peter, I haven't gotten a chance to get the book yet. Normally I get a chance to read it beforehand. Tell me, do you tell your whole life story there I mean, is the details behind what you just summarized in the last five minutes is that all in there or what's what's the book about
3: yeah so so the first third of it, it the purpose the really main purpose of the book is to to, to lead to encouragement to to people but also tell it in a narrative format um you know and so the first third of it is is to kind of explain kind of what happened and then how i you know and then to, to lead myself up to christ the next third is when we Kind of turn our business and 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 turn um, parts of my life over to it. Not not every little piece. I mean, that would be that would be impossible to, to tell you everything. The mm-hmm. the book would be bigger than Bonhoeffer, uh, <laughs> and,
2: <laughs> and that's n- pretty big. <laughs> nobody, yeah, nobody
3: wants to read that about me. Uh, and so, <laughs> but no. I, and so the next third really about that, and then the last third was learning how to deal with when things are crashing all around you. And you know, and learning how to not give into that fear, and and learn how to trust in God, and so and so it's it's a it it's gives people practical tools again through a narrative format mm. um, of of what I what I lived through and, and how I lived it. So it's not as simple as here's my story, and you know this is really good. I want people to be able to take it and say, wow, I can do this in my life, and I can learn this lesson in, in this part of my life as well.
2: Mm. So who are you? Ho- I just want to take a little side. Who are you hoping picks up the book and reads it for themselves?
3: Well, really, there's, there's really th- three main audiences that I would like to see. One, one are, are people who have children in particular who uh, they may have raised them in church, but who have fallen away. I speak to a lot of people who come up crying afterward and like, you know, mm. I, I realize there's hope. You know, there's hope for my children that I've been praying for. and, and do this. Unfortunately, my parents were unaware that I had fallen away the way I had. You know, uh, because you grow up in the South, you know how to put on the right show, say the right words, do the right things. You know, it's a lot more difficult to because you're grow, you're you're taught how to 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 look Christian whether you are or not, and so they didn't know about it, but a lot of parents do, and 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 I talk with them a lot of the it's not too late, and clearly if God has not taken them home, it's not too late. Um, and then the, the second piece is, is really for, for, for business owners of ideas to help them kind of be able to integrate Christ in the, in the, in the workforce. You okay. know, Billy Graham said the next revival is gonna be in the marketplace, yeah. and I truly believe that. Um, you know, and, because, uh, and, and we can do it in all different ways. We have such an incredible influence, whether it's among our, our, our employees, our customers, our vendors, we have a great influence mm-hmm. that we can share that with. And then lastly is for people who are just going through a crisis. You know, in 2020, I mean, that, I mean, it, it, we were able to apply the, the, the lessons we learned through those struggles that we had and apply that to 2020. No one knew 2020 was going to be the dumpster fire <laughs> that 2020 became. And so we were able to apply those lessons so that, you know, it's not to say, oh, I'll walk away, you know, saying, oh, this is the best day ever. It's not like that. But when you're dealing with those problems, we don't sit there and try to lie and say it's all fine, but we can say, hey, God has this, and I can be thankful and worship him during these times, mm-hmm. and so, and, and, it, and it creates a peace and joy that you don't normally experience.
1: Well, let's talk about that. I mean, COVID has been a nightmare for restaurant owners across the country. You manage the Demas brands, a family brand of restaurants, so you got Demas's, i think i said that right and the yep, pdk southern kitchen and pantry those are yes. all over murfreesboro and are they all in murfreesboro or are they in no they're middle the middle tennessee area they're all in they're yeah. all under the if you're an mts middle tennessee state university fan then you know those restaurants so talk to me about how, how how's god been working with you in this restaurant business what what's he been teaching you this year because this has not been what you expected
3: No, no. You know, that's the funny. You know, we started out, you know, 2020, uh, you know, had our goals set in place. You know, one of our, you know, we have ministry goals, we have organization goals, financial goals. One of our financial goals was we were going to have the largest cash reserve we've ever had. You know, Uh we wanted to start building up cash. Uh, I can just tell you right now, we're going to miss that goal quite a bit (laughs) at the end of this year. If you
1: have any cash reserves, you've done really well.
3: (laughs) Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. so you're exactly right. If you're open, you know, the National Restaurant Association has just said that if there's not another round that helps restaurants open, within six months, 40% of restaurants will close. Mm. Um, You know, and so... Um, you know, you know where we end up, I don't know. And But the one thing that was so amazing about this is when you get to see the force and the, the, the awesomeness of the speed which came, you know that no matter where you end up is exactly where God wants you to be. You know, so, yeah, you know what? I would like to stay in this business. I would like to be successful i would like to have a restaurant empire i would you know all that other stuff that's really cool but if god doesn't want me there that's okay because this is something that's completely in his control and his guide you know and, and completely 100 percent. and you know it it's not one of those things of wow i should have done this and i did this it's not something like that this is something that we see exactly where it is so we know that where we end is where he wants us to be and we are still just going to be stewards of his business during this time. Right. And right. So, so, yeah, I mean, when the, when, when the president and the governor comes out and says, don't eat at restaurants, you know, um, unless you can do takeout. And, you know, and then we, you know, then you start pivoting and rotating and moving quick and creating, you know, cr- figuring out how to do curbside. And, you know, we're doing all of the stuff that we have to do. But most importantly, we know that when you get those little 2 a.m. moments where you're just like, I think everything is going to go down, you stop you literally make a list of things you're thankful for that's not necessarily about that. And you start thanking God for those things that he has provided and he has given us during this time. I mean, he's given mm-hmm. us, right. he, he right. gave us a person to create the curbside service that we were able to have. That's awesome. You know, I didn't create that in my head. He found, you know, he he, he ha- had someone brought to our company months ago that was able to do it. And we're able to be thankful during those times. we definitely, especially during these times, you know, we don't want to sit there and say, why are you only giving me manna? You know, I won't quail. You know, <laughs> you know we, don't <laughs> that's to, right. we don't want to be that person. Right. So so that's so critical and important.
2: So I want to remind our listeners that we're talking about the book, Afraid to Trust, that Peter Demas just wrote. And um, you can find it at afraidtotrust.com. And I want to talk about some of the practical things. So as you're trying to live out some of the... um Things that you've talked about in your book with your managers and the different employees every day. What kinds of things are you hoping that they learn about God?
3: Well, the big thing that the, the biggest lesson I'm teaching people, especially now, but I've, mm-hmm. and I've taught this to my to my to my eighty something year old father, going all the way down to my uh, my son who at the time was was sixteen years old when I when I uh, or seventeen years old when I taught him this, which is you know when you're afraid, the opposite of fear is not courage. I mean, Medal of Honor winners will talk about, you know, during their moments of great courage that they're afraid. That's not, what they're, that, that's not the opposite there. The opposite of fear is trust. And so what generally happens is, is when you start feeling afraid, I'll, I'll, I encourage people to write it down and say what they're afraid of. I'm afraid that my business will fail. Mm. And then you scratch that out and you write above it, I don't trust God to take care of my business. Hmm. And, then, and then you say it out loud. And that's where everyone gets all stumped. Like, I can't do it out loud. I'm like, you already are telling God that. <laughs> you might as well, in, in, unless you're honest with him and you say it out loud, you really truly can't repent. You know, so you have to be honest with God in order to start that process of, of that relationship with him. Just the same way you would be honest with your spouse or with your children or whatever in a situation that, that's happening. Hmm. Once you kind of start with that piece of it, then you go into that thankfulness list that I referenced earlier and you write hmm. down the things you're thankful for. And, and it all comes from Philippians 4, 6, which says, do not be anxious for anything with prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, submit your request to God. And then I suggest that we get down on our knees and we pray. And, 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 and I'm not one of these that says, oh, well, you know, you have to pray a certain way and there's all this other different different ways you do things. I'm, I'm not gonna get caught up in all that stuff. But I think it's important here, and I, and I pull this from, you know, in Peter, where it says, cast all your anxieties on, on Jesus because he cares for you. But the verse before that, and verse six before that says, you know, you have to humble yourself before God. And I think getting down on your knees shows an act of humility for yourself and for, and for others. You know, but if you obviously can't get down on your knees, you know, get into the, just your most humble position that you can. Mm-hmm. And you just go down that list and you just thank them for those things. And that's right. what ties into verse, you know, 4-7, f- you know, which says in Philippians, which says, you know, there's a peace that comes. You know, in four ten, it tells you that 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 you got to learn to be content in all things, and then four thirteen, it says, "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me." Mm-hmm. I think they're all tied together. You know, people love to spout out four thirteen, you know, whenever they're doing whatever yeah. they're doing, but they don't want to tie in the thankfulness. <laughs> and the eleven, worship and, and they and don't want to tie
1: eleven and twelve and into that one. Hey, we're talking today with Peter Demas. We'll be right back after just a couple messages from my Work for Him.
2: Like Jim, I didn't dream of being on camera. I was content to play piano and sing in a choir. Who knew that today Jim and I would have interviewed over 3,000 people and created tons of podcasts and videos helping Christians to unlock God's purpose for you and your work? Subscribe to our channel on YouTube. I work for him.
1: Peter, before our time runs out today, I, I want to make sure that we let people know how to get a hold of your book, AfraidToTrust.com, AfraidToTrust.com. But if they happen to live in Middle Tennessee, or they happen to be coming through on I-24, they should check out one of the Demas family restaurants. So that's Demas's, so D-E-M-O-S with the apostrophe, or PDK Southern Kitchen and Pantry. People, it, it, it's what kind of food can they expect when they go?
3: So when you go to the Demas's, uh you can get um, it, it's an eclectic menu, it has steaks, pasta, seafood, uh, anything but fried food um it is so it's um, not true southern cooking then it's healthy no it's yeah um yeah yeah, healthy we'll we'll say it is actually a good place i do diet there i can eat there every day when i diet there's you know because we have fresh cut salmon we have you know tilapia so we got some seafood items on the pdk side that's the southern that's the southern food and and we have salads burgers you know fried chicken chicken and waffles hot chicken chicken fried steak Biscuits and gravy, all those kinds of great things. We don't have biscuits and gravy because we don't have breakfast. So that's, uh, the, that's the problem. Okay. But right. when we we actually opened with breakfast and realized this is just a terrible mistake, but we did have an awesome biscuits and gravy during that time. <laughs> right. And some of these items you can actually order online too and have shipped to you. So like the nation's banana pudding, you can ship uh, anywhere in the nation. Or soup, you can ship anywhere. So there's some stuff. I'm there guessing as well. the
2: banana pudding must be a favorite. If that's the first thing you brought up that you can ship out, well, sounds it, pretty good. It, to we me. won
3: best in the nation. Actually,
0: really?
1: Um, yeah, I did and, not and, know that there was an international banana pudding contest. yes, a banana
3: pudding festival. And uh, we had managers say we want to go to it. I thought, ah, sure, go right ahead. And we went on vacation. And they called me on the way to vacation and said, "You're not going to believe we won."
2: That <laughs> is great. So
1: we're almost out of time. I'm sure you got people working with you throughout your organizations that don't know Jesus. Hmm. How do they respond to you as a manager owner? Living out your faith boldly. Hmm.
3: So, so there was, when I first, when I first came to Christ, we had a lot of people that, that really noticed that difference. And so that was a little bit different. They're like, what happened? What changed? They would ask me about it. You know, so, so that was part of one of the things that happened. And I also referenced that in the book as well. Um but the but but now since I since I've been uh, most of the people that work for me now don't know me any other way, mm. you know. And so as a result, they we have two general responses. There's those that are antagonistic, you know. They just don't like Christian cr- Christianity at all. And there are some that think it's just awesome. And you know, they'll pray for people. We had a lady that was choking on a steak. While the paramedics were were, were giving her uh, a CPR, it was actually a, a paramedic who worked for us was giving her CPR. Mm-hmm. Another employee went down, grabbed her legs, was praying, you know, praying over her at the time. And we had other servers walking around talking to customers to pray for the lady, you know. So it encourages them; it allows them a boldness that 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 they would normally not have had if they didn't think it was okay. Right. Those that are antagonistic, what's funny to me is, is they're like, "I don't want to have anything to do with that," but they don't mind calling our chaplain and they don't mind putting down on our evaluations that we give to people at the very bottom one of the questions that we ask them in return is is there anything we could pray for you and they'll put items down there for us to pray mm-hmm. you know they'll tell me they're an atheist but we still want you to pray because you know i'm having these problems so so i it's it's interesting <laughs> to watch it and how it how it reacts and then and then you had a really odd category out there that usually after they leave, they'll try to throw out, well, you know, they were Christian and they fired me and you're not allowed to do that. And you're, you know, you'll have those kind of naysayers out there. But, you know, the, the, the devil hasn't changed his tricks since since, you know, the Sanhedrin did with with James and, and, and John and Peter and everything else like that right at the start. So. You know, they're still going to use mocking. They're still going to, you know, try to try to make fun of you. They're still going to try to try to downplay what you do. But it doesn't really change too much.
2: Mm. Well, thank you for giving us a glimpse inside of what God has done in your life. And what an encouragement for other people to hear that, you know, in the midst of God changing you in amazing ways, he's used you as an example in your workplace. And the book, again, is Afraid to Trust. You can find it on afraidtotrust.com.
1: Last question. I promise my last question. All (laughs) right. There's a lot of people that are going to listen to this eventually as a podcast or see it out there on YouTube, and they're in the food service industry, Mm. which has been, you know, that's where the majority of the unemployment still remains in the food service industry across the country. Speak some encouragement to them about the incredible opportunities and ministry opportunities that they've got ahead of them and not to give up. Speak then whatever encouragement God lays on your heart.
3: You know, I think it applies to it applies to all businesses right now that are suffering or or anything with it is recognize that wherever you are, God has you in that place for that moment, that season. And so look and be intentional for those times and stop worrying about where you things were you know jesus says you know no one no one's really fit for the kingdom of heaven as long as he's looking backward while while the hands on the plow you know so so don't stop looking backward start th- stop forgetting about that start being intentional and saying okay god you have me here for this season what can i do with it and recognize that 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 if you trust in his promises and if you trust in him he'll see you through it. It may not be where you want to be. It's like a bungee cord. As you're falling to the rocks below, he's going to jank you up right before you hit those rocks. You may not be at the same place when you bounce up, but he will bounce you before you hit those rocks. And that's just such, to me, a, it's such a nice thing knowing that as you're plummeting, you know that if you're a Christian, that he has you right around there and you don't have to worry. There's a security involved in that. And I just, that's the part to me that 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 is just just, just surpassed all these other things that's happening in 2020 or other problems that we might have had in the past.
1: Yeah, it, it's been a rough ride for sure. But Peter Demas, we're grateful that you just shared a little bit of your story. We encourage everybody to get a copy of his book, Afraid to Trust. AfraidToTrust.com is where you're going to get it and you're going to get the whole story of Peter's miraculous uh, transformation of his life and saving your marriage too, right? It saved You saved your marriage,
3: right? Yeah, Yes, it did. My wife actually has a chapter in the book too called Jealous of Jesus, but we would talk a little bit about that. But we even had a marriage counselor to tell us to get a divorce. So that tells you how bad we were and we'll be married uh, 22 years in July. So, so praise God yeah. for miracles yeah. for sure.
1: <laughs> Peter Demas, thanks for being an I Work For Him today.
3: Appreciate it. Thank you. You've
1: been listening to I Work for him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, and our workplace it's our mission field. But ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.